For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the, I guess you could say, final edition of the postgame podcast. The Denver Broncos, of course, beating up on the Raiders 16-15. Uh, this is a Denver Broncos team that look four and one finishing down the stretch seven and nine on the year after a dreadful start and there's a lot of promise so I, I don't want to get so much into next year because we got a lot of time to talk about next year but I do want to talk about this Raiders game some of the observations that we uh, saw as the Denver Broncos do get the win as uh, they play defense on the final play as the Raiders go for two and do not convert and the Denver Broncos uh, send their fan base home with another win and again a little bit more optimism for next year that's all coming up on the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at tf 14 19 Blake Street just uh Hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andrea Varela in that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there. Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap14.com. As usual, you can uh, tweet me at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio, on Twitter where, uh, look, let's start, uh, let's get to the meat of the bones of this game really quickly is, um, look, Offensive struggle going back and forth for a majority of the game. Uh, this is a Denver Broncos team that struggled a little less, I guess you could say, than the Raiders uh, because they drove the field and kicked some very important field goals towards the end of the game. Of course, you had the 49-yarder. You had the 51-yarder. Uh, of course, McManus misses the 57-yarder. That would have basically sealed the game. Which allows Oakland to go on that eight-play, 53-yard drive to um, essentially, well, try to win the game. They score the touchdown, but, of course, miss the two-point conversion. Now, the Raiders were playing for something for about three-quarters of the day, and then uh, the Tennessee Titans really kind of put it to the Houston Texans and really ended that chance for the Oakland Raiders to make the postseason. But, of course, the Raiders needed a win anyways to beat the um, uh, as one of the many um, odds they had to beat to make the postseason anyway. So the, the Oakland Raiders absolutely had something to play for. And the Denver Broncos defense did very well in, look, I, I think there's this containment-type thought when facing Derek Carr. And I've always said Derek Carr is a really does a really good job at um, exposing what works against this Denver Broncos team. Now, when I say what works, that doesn't mean it's very, you know, effective enough to a win, but it's this short passing, kind of a, like a death by paper cuts type offense. And that worked. As Derek Carr went uh, 29 for 46, 391 and the touchdown, it was only sacked twice. And 
overall looked had a pretty clean day. Drew Locke, 17 for 28, 177 yards, and a touchdown. Did not throw an interception. He was also sacked twice as well, too. The big milestone was on the ground as Philip Lindsay, 18 carries for 53 yards. That's good enough to put Philip Lindsay over the century mark. And for Philip Lindsay, he becomes the first undrafted free agent to go back to back years with 1,000 yards in uh, the start of his career to start a career. So, hey, hey. Bravo, bravo, Philip Lindsay. Look, uh, we we know all about this kid, how special he is, and how he can be an impactful player. Uh, you know, I, I, personal accolades. I think a lot of these players will tell you they don't matter, but you know what? It, it's nice to see him get those personal accolades because he's going to get a lot of recognition around the league. And you know what? He may actually get a little bit of a payday as well, too. We'll talk about that probably a little bit later in the offseason. Of course, the postgame, uh, the uh, Broncos Blitz podcast will remain in the offseason as we'll be chatting all about well, the moves that are going to be made from offense to defense, special teams, coordinators, whatever may be the case. We will be in discussion of that. Uh, but to get back to the game, uh, also saw a little bit of, well, once again, uh, a high since Drew Locke took over. A little bit of a oh, breakout, if you will, from Deshaun Hamilton. Five catches, 65 yards. 17-yarder was his longest on six targets uh, against the Raiders. And you know what? I, I, and I do want to get a little bit into this wide receiver core about who stays, who goes. We'll get into that next. So welcome back. Broncos Splits Podcast presented by our friends over there at TAF 14, 19, 20 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. We were talking about this wide receiver core. Five catches, 65 yards for Deshaun Hamilton. Quite fairly quiet day for Cortland Sutton, although Worley, I thought, had a real trouble containing Cortland Sutton. Four catches, 52 yards. Deshaun Hamilton has kind of jumped out a little bit since Drew Locke took over. And, you know, this is this is a, a big deal for Denver because, you know, obviously with the loss of Emmanuel Sanders and the trade, you're looking for a number two now. And you're probably looking also for a number three, a slot guy. I don't know if Deshaun Hamilton can take that role. But you know what? Certainly has start to break out a little bit since Drew Locke took over. And I, it's tough because, you know, a lot of people are going to evaluate the, the players or their, their season based on the entirety of it. But, you know, for a lot of these players, you actually got to evaluate it based on the Drew Locke situation. You know, it's when Drew Locke came in, when he first started against the Chargers, that's when kind of the, the the actual resume of evaluation starts when it comes to the offensive line, when it comes to the wide receivers, when it comes to the running backs, whatever may be the case. It's kind of where you need to start your evaluation on offense because, you know, prior to Drew Locke's taking the field, you probably would have said Deshaun Hamilton gets cut next year. Now, all of a sudden, different story. So, uh, I, I think Deshaun Hamilton sticks around for next year, and we'll see if they uh, he can really prove himself. Maybe he has a really good offseason, gets his body uh, really there when it comes to um, you know physicality, conditioning, and gets himself ready for a 2020 season in which maybe he has the opportunity to break out and kind of uh, take a rookie season and put it behind him. 
And if the Denver Broncos were to get something like that, along with maybe acquiring a rookie from the draft or free agency, a dynamite type playmaker to pair next to Cortland Sutton, now all of a sudden you got this. You got the heightened Tim Patrick. You, of course, got Noah Fant progressing into a second year. There's a lot to like when it comes to weapons that Drew Locke could be having at his disposal. So, a lot to like from that core. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Get your thoughts on what happened in the game. And, you know, in general, this this is a Denver Broncos team that, look, they had nothing to play for, but, of course, there is still resumes being made in this time of year because, you know, look, um, this is a this is a team that is playing for next year, and they're looking to evaluate. And uh, you know, one of those evaluation things that you know I think many kind of saw towards the end of the season is the play calling, and that's where we start with our first um, tweet. So you can tweet me at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E letter K Radio on Twitter. Uh, really want to see Scangarello improve for next year. Um, the play calling was meh. Uh, certainly, look uh, a underwhelming, as I'd like to say, um, year from Rich Scangarello, and I try to put that as nicely as possible. Dakota Kling on Twitter says, "I hate the defense." Ooh, this tweet's going to get a little, a little interesting. Feels like we're in pre-ment all game. I'm not impressed with Fangio or his decision-making at all. Locke is the real deal, though. Offensive line and everything on defense in the draft. Wide receiver in free agency. Bring back Shelby Harris and Justin Simmons. Gotta disagree, uh, Dakota. I, I totally disagree. I thought Vic Fangio had a very good year. Very good year in his first year, considering, and you know what? Yeah, I am going to consider the fact that he's never been a head coach. I am going to consider the fact that he is learning in all this. Uh, but you know what? The players love him. They continually played very hard for him. They believe in him. And you know what? One of the better red zone defenses, and sure, the Reds, the defense overall, shaky at times. But you know what? The offense during that time also just happened to be coincidentally one of the more awful defenses as well too uh, as uh, look when you have a bad offense it doesn't put your defense in good positions and that can be a problem towards the end of the season uh, look when Drew Locke took over you allow uh, 20 points to the Chargers 23 to the Chiefs 17 to the Lions 15 to the Raiders it's not the worst thing in the world um, you know the we're, the one outlier, I guess, is the Texans game in which they allowed 24. But even that, you're talking about, you know, that's that's a solid performance against a very good offensive team. And again, you have an offense that's not putting you in a bad position. So I, I think you're going to look at, you know, numbers like, you know, points allowed, yardage allowed, and maybe it's going to look a little skewed. It's going to look bad, even on the offensive side of things, you know. Points. For, I mean, they, they averaged 17 points per, per game this year. That's good enough for 28th in the league. We know. It's not the 28th ranked offense. That's a better offense than that. They're, they're better than that number is. So the stats aren't going to tell you everything. It's certainly going to be a, a, a thing to look at that a lot of fans are going to try to point to. But in reality, it's just, it's just a stat sheet. 
And I think there's a lot of a case to be made that the Denver Broncos are better than a majority of their stats. And again, it's going to be tough to evaluate because the sample size is much smaller, but certainly something we are going to be doing in the offseason. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K, radio on Twitter. Uh, Denver Broncos did have issues in the uh, Raiders game, and I just... I don't know what it's going to take, guys. I don't know what it's going to take for them to be able to cover tight ends. Hunter Renfro, uh, Darren Waller, they just went absolutely wild, both over 100 yards, uh, both receiving a majority of the targets, 10 for Waller, 9 for Renfro. Those two led the, the team. And I don't know if this is just adding to the middle linebacker position, if we're trying to add another you know, kind of Kareem Jackson, and certainly him being out made a big issue or a big uh, uh, problem for that defense, but man, they just can't cover tight ends. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is with Denver and tight ends. We can't cover them. We can't keep them healthy. I don't get it. It's just it's very, very, very strange. So The uh, Denver Broncos defense looked nice uh, for the most part against the Raiders at least, led by Todd Davis and Alexander Johnson with tackles-wise, 15 and 13, 28 combined by the two. And look, they got a lot of tackles because you got a lot of things funneled their way when it comes to that middle passing game. You're talking about uh, Derek Carr, who's trying to do that death by paper cuts. And again, it worked to the most part, but again, only 15 points allowed, you know, in reality. And that's a, that's a nice number when you're a Denver Broncos team because, again, as this offense starts to progress, you'll start to see that 16 become a 20. At 20, become a 24, and hopefully even higher than that. But that defense needs to be stout. And, you know, against the Raiders, once again, for the most part, they were a bend but don't break defense. And you like to see that, certainly, if you are the Denver Broncos. Other team stats that kind of stood out on paper. Now, they weren't great on third down. Three for 12, you don't like to see that. On the uh, Raiders' side, five for 16. Denver Broncos got out yardage by a ton, 477 to 238, but again, a bend, but don't break as the passing game was working for the Raiders, but they just couldn't punch it into the end zone. The turnovers at one and one when it comes to fumbles, no picks were thrown, and the Raiders had six minutes more of time of possession. You read all those statistics and you say, okay, time of possession wasn't crazy. Penalty wise, Denver committed nine, Oakland 10. You talk about the Oakland Raiders outrushing Denver, throwing for nearly 200-plus more yards, or total yards, I should say, uh, 200-plus more yards. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, the Raiders probably won that game by 20, right? They probably won that game by a buttload. But yet it was Denver by one on a missed two-point extra point, uh, two-point conversion at the end of the game. That was the difference with this Denver Broncos team. So, you know, again, and I think I want you to take this away and maybe take this into the offseason. The stats don't mean everything, okay? They, they just don't mean everything. Sometimes there's a, there's a game inside of a game. Sometimes there's a major injury. There's uh, circumstances that just change a lot of things. Don't just look at a box score and say, you know what? Oh, based on this box score, this obviously happened. It's not the case. This is a... Denver Broncos team that's going to go through a lot of changes and a lot of evaluation. We wouldn't want a lot of those evaluations done on bad data. And sometimes looking at those box scores, bad data. So keep that in mind as we head into the offseason. The offseason begins 
for the Denver Broncos. Of course, they'll have the uh, John Elway, Vic Fangio end-of-season pressers. We will bring you audio from that in tomorrow's podcast. May actually do that a little bit to d- later today. We'll see how the timing can work out for me uh, to get another podcast down. But until then, we are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Hopefully you join me on the new radio show to chat Broncos. 3 p.m. Monday through Friday on Mile High Sports. Now, locally here in Denver, 104.7 a.m. 1340. Or you can stream it at MileHighSports.com and on the new Mile High Sports mobile app. And that's where you're going to get me if you are a longer-distance listener. Look, if you're in New York, that'd be, uh, let's see, 5 p.m. weekdays. If you are in Chicago, uh, I don't know what time... <laughs> <laughs> I should have never got into this. I think Chicago is one hour ahead of us, uh, so that would be 4 p.m. So uh, L.A., obviously, 2 p.m. So you kind of get the gist of uh, 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This Denver Broncos team is going to be a big topic of that, along with all Denver sports. You can check me out then on the radio show, and, of course, you can always text the show as well, too. Tweet me at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio, on Twitter, where we're all done. For the Broncos Blitz Podcast, the Denver Broncos finished the season 7-9. and 16-15 win over the Oakland soon-to-be Vegas Raiders as uh, we turn the page towards the offseason. A lot of topics we're going to be getting to, too. From who stays, who goes, player profiles, the NFL draft, the coaches, the coordinators, what's happening in the AFC West. Stay tuned on the Denver Broncos for the latest on, uh, well, this team of the Blue and Orange as they look to get uh, back into the 500 and better realm for next year under the helm of new quarterback Drew Locke as they finish up the season 7-9, and 4-1 and one, towards the end of the year. All done for the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Find more info on the Denver Broncos at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all.